Welcome to The Author Show, where we feature new authors and books, from fiction to self-help and everything in between. You'll find it all at theauthorshow.com. That's theauthorshow.com. And now, let the show begin. Hi, this is The Author Show, and I'm your host, Linda Thompson. Before I introduce our guest, just a quick reminder that selected interviews are available in our iPhone app, which can be downloaded in the App Store, and our app name on all platforms is The Author's Show. Our book is a historical fiction novel, Road to the Breaking, and it's the first in a series beginning in the 1860s. Written by our guest, Chris Bennett, this is an exciting series that takes the reader on a journey through the Civil War. Chris joins us to share more about his featured character, Nathaniel Chambers. Chris, welcome to The Author's Show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Chris, will you please give us a quick overview of Road to the Breaking? So our main character, Nathan Chambers, is an Army captain stationed out in Texas, and he receives a telegram from home that he has to return home to Virginia and take over the family farm. But he's very conflicted because he was educated in the North and is morally opposed to slavery, but the family farm owns over a hundred slaves. So the story is about how Nathan Chambers deals with this dilemma and then his further actions as he carries through to the end of the Civil War. Have you always been interested in historical fiction, particularly military history? So I studied a lot of history in college, and I was always very much into history. So historical fiction has always been one of my favorite genres, and really always enjoyed that a lot. So when it came time to write, it was just sort of a natural genre for me to write in. Please share with us your vision for the ideal reader for Road to the Breaking. So one might assume that I was targeting history buffs or Civil War buffs, but that's actually not the case. I really wanted to focus on the characters and on the people. I won't say necessarily normal people, because some of the people in my stories are extraordinary people, but basically it's focused on these people that are swept up in historical events and not so much about the battles and the politics that's going on, although there's quite a bit of that, and that serves as the backdrop for the story. Is Road to the Breaking comparable to any other book we may have read? Well, I've recently had people comparing it to Lonesome Dove, which I found very flattering, and also the Jeff Shahara Civil War books, and all those are favorites of mine, so that felt pretty gratifying. Road to the Breaking is the first in the Road to the Breaking series. How many books have you written, and how many more will be forthcoming? So we have seven books in the series already published and available. I'm working on book eight right now, and 10 are planned for the series, which will carry it through to the end of the Civil War, just past Appomattox. Road to the Breaking features Nathaniel Chambers. Will Nathaniel appear in each one of your books in the series? Yeah, so Nathaniel is the main character throughout the entire series, along with his love interest, Evelyn Hansen, who is also a very strong character, a strong independent female character who is along for the ride the whole series. Must the reader start with book one and continue through this series, or can we choose any book to read without being totally lost? I recommend people start at the beginning just because there's so much background that's developed in the first couple of books. I have had people start on other books, but I think it would be recommended if they go through the whole progression because they do run in, in order and sequence and one leads into the next. 
How does your title relate to the book Inside? The Road to the Breaking is really the reflection of the very first book, but also the whole story in that Nathan Chambers starts out in Texas in a very violent situation fighting in the army. And then when he returns to the East, he thinks he's going back to the peaceful civilian life. But in fact, he is riding head on into the American Civil War. And basically, the idea of the breaking is that the Civil War broke everything in the country and everything had to be rebuilt from that point. While you are writing your books, what type of research do you do to ensure the believability of your story? So one of the things I just really enjoy about historical fiction writing is the research part of it. I really try to dig into the specific events that I'm writing about. It's a lot of fun because you can actually read firsthand accounts by people that were there, soldiers, and you get a lot of really interesting fun anecdotal incidents that come out of that, that you can then put into your story and have your main characters wrapped up in. So I've read that nonfiction authors will spend maybe three years researching a book. For me, it's more like months. So it's definitely nice that I have that F word to fall back on. And I mean fiction when I say that. I can understand that. I can't imagine spending years researching one book. I would think by the time the book is finished, you'd be so tired of it. You never wanted to talk about it or see it again. Yeah, I agree. And the other thing I want to say about that is I'd like to focus on lesser known events and not so much on the big battles. Like, you know, there's been a million books written about Gettysburg. So of course, I'm going to have to mention that, but it's not going to be the main focus of any of my books. I think that's what's going to make your series so interesting because, yeah, we all know about Gettysburg. We all know about the big battles and the whole point of the war being slavery. But there's a lot more to that time period as well. So thank you for that. Thank you. Are your characters based on real people or are they just pure imagination? For the most part, they're out of my imagination, although I have fairly major subplot throughout the series that involves upper-class women being involved in espionage, especially in the South. And that actually happened. And so that idea came from real people that were actually doing that at the time and getting away with it because, of course, in the South, they just assumed women were sort of decorative and weren't you know, <laughs> capable of doing much. And so these women were able to actually get away with quite a bit and pull off a lot of pretty interesting espionage activity. Oh my gosh, that was something I was not aware of. So good for you. Thank you for thinking about us being something other than decorative. <laughs> yeah, I actually, uh, when I first started writing the book, my daughter, who is a very strong, independent woman, she actually runs her own restaurant. She said, well, dad, just make sure you include some really strong women in this. I said, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> so I didn't have much choice. <laughs> well, I'm kind of curious. Are your books written to make us really think or just for pure entertainment? I'd say a good bit of both. I think they are highly entertaining. I try to put a lot of humor in them, a lot of, you know, interesting action. But there's also some, you know, serious topics that are brought out. I really wanted to emphasize the importance of people from different backgrounds and different races learning to live together and work together and fight together. That's kind of one of my themes is that all these different characters come together for a particular cause, in this case, you know, trying to defeat slavery. 
When you first started thinking about writing your series, what came first, the plot or the characters? Probably the general plot, because there were some things that I really wanted to focus on. One of which was I'd always been kind of fascinated with the story of how West Virginia became a state by breaking off from Virginia after the secession and rejoining the Union. I always thought that was a pretty interesting story, and there had to be a lot of background to that I wasn't familiar with, and I thought it would be interesting to just focus on that. So I really decided I was going to wrap the whole story around events in West Virginia and have my characters living there and being involved in all of that. So then from there, I sort of came up with the characters and where it should go from there. And the other part of that, the main character, Nathan Chambers, I came up with that idea because so many stories about slave owners are the typical evil white slave master that has no feelings and basically treats his slaves in a horrible manner. I thought, what would it be like if you had a person of high moral character who didn't believe in slavery suddenly thrust into that role and having to deal with that and decide how to handle it. And so that's where I kind of came up with the idea of Nathan Chambers and him being suddenly faced with the conundrum of what to do with these slaves and, you know, how to treat them and how to get himself out of that situation. I wonder how many people actually experienced those emotions when they were going through it at that time. It could not have been just one family or two, because those people, black and white, had been together for years and years and years. They'd grown up together as families. So that had to have been difficult to split them and how they felt about that. So do you address that? Yeah, I definitely do. There was a lot of feelings of loyalty that the slaves felt. And so they were very conflicted when the war started. And a lot of them, you know, had loyalty to their masters. And a lot of their masters treated them well. But in the end, what it kind of comes down to is there's not too many birds that won't fly away once you open the cage. So that sort of was the focus is that no matter how nicely they were treated, once they realized they were no longer slaves, it was pretty hard to keep them, you know, contained and, and keep them, you know, where they were before. You just can't put the genie back in the bottle at that point. I think the analogy with the birds is the best I have ever heard. <laughs> that is excellent. So what sets Road to the Breaking apart from others in the same genre? Well, I think it's just, like I said, having some sort of interesting, different kind of characters and plots and a lot of you know fictional stories that are based on a war that's the main focus, a lot of the major battles. But I really try to make the characters and how they're reacting to those events the main focus. And from the feedback I've gotten and the reviews I've received, I think I've succeeded in that because the reviews rarely talk about, oh, I liked how you wrote up this one battle. It's always, oh, I love these characters. I love how they interact with each other. I love their perspectives and how they deal with situations. That was my goal. And it seems like I've hit that pretty consistently. That's great. So tell me, Chris, looking back, were you always a storyteller and did you dream of becoming an author? Yeah, I think so. From an early age, actually, it really started with Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. When I was about 12 or so, we went on a long family road trip in a car, which people used to do in those days. And, you know, it was back before we had cell phones and 
<laughs> iPads and things. And so my mother used to read us stories while my dad drove. And on one trip, she read us The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. And I was just at that point, just totally hooked. And I knew at that point I wanted to, you know, write stories like that. It just took me about 40 years to get there. But, <laughs> but now that I'm in it, I will, there's no way I'm turning back. So. Hey, better late than never, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, after reading Road to the Breaking, what would you like your readers to remember? I think the most important thing that I was trying to bring out of it was that people, once they really know each other, figure out that they're not so different after all. And it doesn't matter what color they are, or what their background is, or what country they're from, that they can learn to like respect and even love each other, you know, as people will. So I think that's sort of the emphasis of the whole series. That's something that we all could remember and take to heart a great deal. So will you please read a short excerpt from Road to the Breaking for us? I will. So this scene takes place out in Texas, and it's right at the beginning of the series. Nathan Chambers is leading a patrol of soldiers out in the Texas wilderness, and they're suddenly ambushed by outlaws who shoot one of their officers. And I guess I didn't mention that Nathan Chambers has a little bit of an anger management issue that he works really hard to suppress. So this kind of brings that out. The soldiers scrambled to vacate the deadly roadway. They saw gun smoke rising above the ridge to the left of the road. The slope continued downward on the right side into a deep, steep-sided ditch, affording them immediate cover. The soldiers, gripping reins, pulled their horses down the bank in a slipping, sliding, chaotic scramble of dust, dirt, and falling, rolling bodies, human and equine. Their frantic efforts kicked up a thick veil of dust in the hot, dry gravel road bank. The ditch proved deep enough to cover the backs of the horses, but the steep bank rising on the far side prevented their escape in that direction. Well-trained, experienced soldiers responded to the enemy without orders. Several men, pre-assigned the duty, rounded up and secured the company's horses, while the others rushed to the lip of the ditch and returned fire. Goddamn murderous bastards, Nathan snarled, yanking his cavalry saber free from the scabbard at his left hip and starting up the ditch bank. The raging fire in his belly demanded he answer whoever had killed Lieutenant Stewart, and he meant to do so with the sharp steel edge of his sword. He surged halfway up the bank, intending to charge across the road and on up the hill, knowing his men would follow with or without orders. But halfway up the ditch bank, he stopped and stood still, wavering. His sword hand quivered. He closed his eyes, squeezing out a swelling of tears, and took a deep breath. No, no, not this way. He shuddered, then shook his head. God knows it's not the way. Too many men will die. He forced the image of Lieutenant Stewart's lifeless, bleeding body from his mind. Sheathing his sword, he strode back to the bottom of the ditch and turned towards his men spread out to his left. He cupped his hands and shouted, cease firing. Oh, my gosh, Chris, that was excellent. And it certainly gave me a desire to keep reading. So Thank where you. can we learn more about you, about all those other books in your series? And where can we purchase Road to the Breaking? Well, you can do all that in one place. I have a website. It's chrisabennett.com. Chris A. Bennett, because somebody had already Chris Bennett. So you got to put that A in there. On that, I've listed all my books, a little teaser about each one. And from there, you can click directly on it and go to where you can purchase the books. 
I also have an ongoing blog that I post from there. And there's a way to communicate with me, but also for anybody that visits my website, I offer some free downloadable documents about the series that I think you'll enjoy. We've been talking with Chris Bennett, author of Road to the Breaking. Chris, nothing beats a really good historical fiction novel, and it's one of my favorite genres. Thank you so much for spending time with us sharing your story. And when you publish the next book in your series, will you please come back and chat with us again? Sounds good. Thank you, Linda. It's been my pleasure to be here. Nothing survived the breaking unchanged. Lives and fortunes, love and hate, freedom and slave, to discover what happens to Captain Chambers and his family, what decisions he makes, and much more, go to chrisabennett.com and order your copy today. And when you finish reading, don't forget to post your review. And please share this interview with your friends so that they too may become acquainted with their author. And remember, the author show may be accessed at any time at theauthorshow.com. Plus, selected interviews can also be found on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon Music, and many more. Whether you're an author who would like to be featured or a reader in search of new books, theauthorshow.com is a really great place to start. Thanks for listening to The Author Show. Find out more about authors and their work at theauthorshow.com. Theauthorshow.com. Tune in next time to another great author on The Author Show.